Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to Kingdom Talks. Today, we have Larry McKnight, and uh, there's been just a lot of synergy going on as we've come together here, and I've just been pleased to uh, bring you on here tonight, or today, and uh, you know, Tracy here has been so much help in bringing things forward, and I'm getting him on board here so he can hopefully do some of these interviews later. <laughs> so it's, it's just a great opportunity for us to share what's going on here in Colorado Springs and what your heart is and what you're seeing as we move forward. So um, what would you like to share? Well, just that it has been a great experience. Uh, It really hasn't been that long that we've known each other. Uh, It hasn't, yeah. Just a couple months, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps. And the Lord just put it on our heart to help make a transition easy for you guys. And so far, so good. I'm really excited about it. So far. Yeah, so so far. So far. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I was thinking more in terms of technical rather than... Right, right, right. There's a lot involved in getting a show like this going and keeping it going and having Sunday Mm -hmm. church. And uh, I'm just really grateful that we were able to help a little bit. Yeah, well, it's been a, a huge help. I mean... Just the favor that uh, Dean and I have experienced as we've stepped into Colorado Springs has been uh, huge. And I know, yes. Tracy, that you and Darlene have been experiencing the, the same thing. Yes. And uh, I, I think what makes the difference, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it, because we all believe in a level of restoration of all things mm-hmm. and the love that mm-hmm. comes out of that. And I think the heart that is in that makes it so easy for us to come together not have to know each other for a long time, mm-hmm. but we see the heart. Right. And just by seeing that, it's like, I can work with you. Yeah. We yeah. can work together. Yep. So as we move into 2020, Larry, what do you think are going to be some of the things that uh, uh, Father's going to do for Joyland, for um, Kingdom Equipping Center, for just all of us coming together here? And then, Tracy, I'm going to ask you the same thing, but okay. go ahead and start. Well, um, I know that God is at work. And, and I, you, you can split up the duty however you think about it. The Holy Spirit is, is revealing Jesus in new ways to people. Jesus is doing the exact same thing he did when he was walking the earth. He was revealing a father that people had in a box or had in a religious situation. Uh, I, I was doing some studying the other day, and I think there was only something like 15 times, and I might be off on that number, but about 15 times in the Old Testament that God was returned, referred to as a father. And there's hundreds of times that Jesus spoke about him as Father. Yeah. And so I think we're in a place where the, uh, the Spirit is revealing J- Jesus as who he is, not just an example to us, although he's a fantastic example, of course, yeah. but literally a living Lord and King. And in his own words there in, in uh, John, I think it's John 15, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. So Jesus is being revealed as a friend, and in doing so, that one passage in John just captivates me, John chapter 14. And that day, and he, he's preceding that, he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming. In that day, you'll know that I am in the Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. That's a mm-hmm. powerful thing. And I think 2020 is set to bring clarity. We had a, a little word of prophecy at a church, and I'm sure that this happened in other places too, because it's such a natural transition. But 2020 is clear vision. Right, right. And I, I don't think that the vision we're going to have is for this ministry and that ministry and this option, you know, this mission and everything. I think it's going to be a vision of the Father. I really believe so. 
That, that's very interesting. I, I've got some comments on that, but Tracy, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Um, what, what I would say, going off of what Pastor Laird was saying about um, leaders coming together um, with, with, without competition. Um, yeah. We're, we're not trying to be just guard our sheep and um, you don't touch my sheep and <laughs> I don't touch your sheep. Um, our vision is starting to expand to consider the entire city and as as like a parish okay all the people in the city are the lords we're just under shepherds he's the great shepherd and and coming together corporately as leaders and as churches in the city to steward what the holy spirit is doing for the city as a whole yeah and how we could facilitate and how we can help each other to fulfill the great commission and that's that's what we're all about. It, it, it boil it down to the lowest common denominator. We're about the Great Commission, sharing the gospel with the lost, helping people get to the next level of their walk with the Lord, and and doing it together. I mean, one church can do so much, but the entirety of the churches coming together can do so much more. So that's that's what what I feel is on my heart and on the Father's heart and also on the leaders that that we've met in the city of Colorado Springs so far. Their heart is to come together to see the kingdom established in Colorado Springs and and ultimately the world. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. Well, and one of the things that Adina and I did when we arrived here is we put out the word. In fact, we put out the word before we got here to gather the leaders that we knew mm -hmm. to come over to our house and just have a, a you know a time of sharing where everybody got to share mm. what was on their heart and what they felt they saw Father doing, and I and I just loved what came out of that because everybody got to share their peace and and everybody is bringing a peace. Yeah. So we can't eliminate people just because their peace isn't the same as our peace. I mean, that would be ludicrous because <clears throat> we are a body mm -hmm. and we need each, each one of these pieces and parts to come in order to have the fullness. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, I, I love what's happening. In fact, I know that there are more people. I, I keep saying this and I got to be careful, you know, prices of housing are going to go up if everybody starts moving here. <laughs> Probably not that big, but, um, but just that, you know, some people are moving here. Some mm -hmm. people are moving here. Mm -hmm. You guys moved here. Yep. We moved here. We know some others who are moving mm -hmm. here in order to move this forward, whatever this is. That's the beauty of it, is mm -hmm. that the this, we are leaving in the hands of the Father. Mm -hmm. We are not trying to manipulate it and make it into anything that you want or you want or I want, but we're just, what's Father doing? Yeah. And that we all have the heart and the mind mm -hmm. to see what the Father is doing. Yeah. You know, I thought I've lived here since 1996, and I, <clears throat> um, I was in a business hiatus for ministry when we moved here, but in 2009, I got back into pastoral ministry and started Joy Land and did some stuff. <clears throat> Since that time, I've got relation with a number of men and women uh, leaders, pastors and teachers and prophets and so on in town. And in one form or another, their hearts are resonating with this, even though they don't know yet. So one way that, that I am excited and would encourage you guys to think of yourselves as not only those who are coming to break this and make it ha help make it happen, which you are, and I totally agree with that, but you're also coming as sort of reinforcements mm -hmm. for hearts that have been oh, pounding yeah. out the trails yeah. in this place, Absolutely. breaking it down with prayer and, and, and with, with and stuff point. like that. And so uh, even if at first 
there's a little skepticism like, hmm, who are these guys and gals or whatever. Don't let that discourage you at all because I believe that hearts will open uh, what I've seen of you two guys Mm -hmm. and what I've seen of the others that are are, uh, here trying to accomplish something like this and moving here fresh. The Lord's sending, he's sending not only forerunners and and people to take the bull by the horns and all kinds of personality types, he's sending reinforcements yeah. to, to, to replenish. Because part of the restoration of all things is the restoration of that which is also depleted. Mm. And I, I would even add to that, I guess, oh. the, uh, the the cloud of witnesses. Mm-hmm. Those who have oh been gosh, here yeah. and worked and passed on, but they're in the cloud of witnesses looking forward to whatever you know we're bringing our peace to. Mm-hmm. But if we do it without them, if we do it without honoring yeah. what they have already done, then, you know, it's, it's not the completeness. Yeah, yeah. So we have to do it honoring those who have gone before us and the church itself, honoring the church itself and mm-hmm. what it has done mm-hmm. in bringing this this portal. <laughs> because I, I would absolutely say there is a portal here in Colorado Springs. And there's even other people that are not of uh, Christian faith that are coming mm-hmm. because of that portal. Mm-hmm. They sense it, so they're coming to experience sure. it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So... Um, one of the things that you mentioned was, uh, you know, experiencing the Father more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm guessing you probably haven't heard this teaching by Chris Carter, but one of the things he shares, which is, it makes a lot of sense, is that um, in, in the, um, I guess you'd call it the Aries age or something, but in the Hebrew age, maybe. Okay. But, um, you know, from uh, Abraham to Jesus. Mm-hmm that that was a time that they were learning about the father mm-hmm. learning a little you know because when jesus came he was able to use the father and they understood that mm-hmm. when he broke on the scene all of a sudden now there's the son mm-hmm. and they're bringing in and through the last two thousand years we've had revelation on the son mm-hmm. and that now we're breaking into another age and that he you know chris carter talks about that that may be the revelation of holy spirit mm-hmm. that we haven't necessarily had the fullness of um, and the, you know, when you think about it, even the a lot of the Hebrew people don't necessarily acknowledge Holy Spirit even mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he also points out that at each transition from one age to the next, that whatever the commission was given for the last age, we've done a really poor job of fulfilling that commission, That's and yet the Father still moves on to the next. And so we're in a transition, mm-hmm. and so now we are moving over to potentially the idea of. Uh, stepping in to understand the Holy Spirit more, mm-hmm. and yet we really haven't—we haven't got the fullness of the heart of the Father. Mm-hmm. And, and so, when you you speak about the Father, I'm like, I think that's going to happen because we need it in order to step into further to understand uh, and go into the depths of the Holy Spirit. Because one of the things that we talked about many times since we've been together is that we have to learn to love. Mm-hmm. All of us have to learn mm-hmm. to love uh, and. For me, I believe that once we've come to a place where we love ourselves, that we love ourselves as we as as the Father loves us, mm-hmm. then we have come to the fullness. And when I say fullness, I don't think there we can actually understand the fullness, but right. a greater revelation of the Father's love for us. Because when we begin to love ourselves, it's because we're seeing how the Father sees us, and we're able to to engage with that and begin mm-hmm. to really appreciate and love ourselves, enjoy mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, so what do you have to say on that as, as far as, you know, the relevance or the importance of learning to love ourselves as we move forward? Start with you, Jason. Yeah. 
Well, <clears throat> gosh, I think the learning to love yourself is, like I said, first and foremost, is having a loving relationship with Papa, Father God. Because you first realize how much He loves you, and to develop that loving relationship with Him, I mean, before I can have a relationship with a brother or a sister or any horizontal relationship, my vertical relationship has to be intact where which I can receive unconditional love, that I can understand that I'm not just a sinner saved by grace, I'm not like some little worm over here that I've went through the whole transformation process and now I'm a beautiful butterfly. butterfly. <laughs> so, and, and that I'm in his image, I'm in his likeness. There, there is nothing that I can do that would ever separate me from that love. I don't care what you've been told, it's the truth. That I can, I can have an, an, a loving relationship with Father God period mm -hmm. and and then it's then I can go beyond just receiving his love then I can just realize how wonderful I am you know that's the thing that religion tells you you know you are not like father god you're not like god he's totally other than you so your best attempts to gain and be like him it's totally farce don't even try it but the truth is is that we are just like him. I mean, we we share with the divine. You know, if you have a dog, if you have a something that barks like a dog, acts like a dog, wags his tail like a dog, eats dog food, then you call that thing a dog or that creature a dog. If we are like him, we act like him. He he says that we're like him. We have his attributes. Yeah. We are one with him. You know, we are new creations. We we it, it it we are like him. We are him. We are sons and daughters of God. So that raises us up that we could actually fall in love with ourselves about how wonderful we are and how fearfully and wonderfully made we are. And, and then out of that union with the divine, we can then not just love, but as our Father is love, we can be love incarnate ourselves and then love others like He loves. So I think that's... Yeah. Those, are, those are all very, very good points. And I just want everybody to acknowledge and understand that you've got three guys here talking about love and butterflies. So just, <laughs> this is good. This is, you don't see this every day. Yeah, that's true. So, Larry. Well, uh, a couple points. One, yes, I absolutely agree with that. And it, it's worth noting why we are afraid to examine the way we're we're like God, because mm -hmm. the Word talks about it. Jesus talks mm -hmm. about it in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. We're even commanded to be perfect as our Heavenly Father's perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, for me, what I've found in the last little while, and this is part of what I think is is the revelation that's coming, is the the relational aspect of knowing God and knowing who God is, as opposed to an abstract. And I love yeah. theology, and I'm not willing. I mean, I feel, like one of my, I feel like one of my purposes is to not let people abandon theological thinking and theological foundations. But yeah. it is possible 
to think about theology and, and, and thus study God or study Jesus or study the Holy Spirit abstractly. And abstract study of God will never, ever reveal who God is because oh. God is a, a, tri, a triune relational family. And so you mentioned, okay, so there's a revelation of the Father, uh, and maybe now we're facing a more specific revelation of the Holy Spirit or the Son. Why is the Father the Father? The Father is the Father because he's, he is eternally yeah, the Father. Yeah, but the whole the whole context of him being a Father is because he has a Son. Mm-hmm. Good point. So so the talking about about Abba or talking about Papa or talking about the Father is not just talking about a theological abstract. And it's not just talking about a comparison between experiences we've had with our own father or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about God as father is speaking about Jesus, the son. We know the father as the father because, because of, of Jesus, the mm-hmm. son. And we yeah. know Jesus as a son and what it means to be a son mm-hmm. because he has a father. Right. Because Jesus said, you know, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reshape his words a little bit and I'll acknowledge it ahead of time. But he said... Uh, what you know about the Father, you know by looking at me. Right. What, what he really said is, he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but the reason is not because he's, he just received some sort of assignment off the shelf to come and reveal the Father. He's the, the, the word of the Father. He's the expression of the Logos. He's mm-hmm. the Son. And so when you look at him, now what does that mean? It means that you don't have to, to, to just doctrinally create a doctrine of the father mm. you can look at what jesus did when confronted mm-hmm. with a woman caught in adultery and see what the father's heart is like towards adulterous women right that's good yeah yeah love that um so as we continue to walk down this path together by the way what's Adult that or adulterous <laughs> yes <laughs> not exactly. promoting either one yeah i've got a little saying, bias going yeah I'm just, that was terribly sexist of me forgive me for that uh, yes. The point is, when yeah, we see yeah. how Jesus reacted to those people, right? We need to, to we need to surrender ourselves to the fact that that's what the Father was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Son of Father. Yeah. yeah. I, so I, good. I have a question for Pastor Larry. Uh, Pastor Larry, in you are so you have the word that you are so passionate about and theology, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of people in the movement. Mm-hmm are more experiential mm-hmm. to some yeah, degree yeah. that they're uh, we don't need the bible anymore right, we right. don't need the word of god we're just going to go totally by our experience as a pastor okay. and that who pastors mystical people mm-hmm. how do you unify that and and bring that marriage back it's to good that question. Yeah. Really okay good. well it's a it's a working concept okay because <laughs> uh, i i don't i don't lay claim to having totally done it or totally know how to do it but here here is uh, let's start with some honesty okay Okay. honesty is that for centuries most recent centuries there's been a big segment of the church that has said that right standing with God comes from rightly interpreting the scripture okay all right and so uh, that led to by and I'm not even saying that's wrong but but uh, that led to Bible schools and Bible studies and studying the scripture being the primary way, yeah. not just to learn about God or not to mm-hmm. accept an invitation to get in relationship, but to affirm your status as being righteous in the sight of God. Mm-hmm. And so that has done a couple of things. It, it, it has replicated the error that the Jews struggled through 
-hmm. prior to the coming of Christ, that righteousness came by uh, being Torah observant in the perfect way and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. and, it, and you could see what happened. That invested a ton of authority in the priesthood. Right, yeah. Way beyond serving the people's sacrifice and worship of God to dictating to the people, if you do this, you're okay. And if you don't do this, you're not okay. Right. All right. So we made a mistake of, of separating knowledge from experience. Mm. Yeah. Good point. And it's the same mistake that Jesus was critical of the Pharisees, and, and I believe it's John chapter 5, where he said, you search the scripture, thinking that in them you find life. And they are that which testify me, but you refuse to come to me and receive life. So the experience is the coming to Jesus mm -hmm. and, and receiving life. Yeah. Coming to Jesus and being touched by his word, being touched by his life. And so I think because we've we've uh, reverted to a kind of legalism for so many years. Mm -hmm. Now there's a group of people that go, I'm done with that. I want to really experience the real thing. Well, the real thing is found when the scripture touches you, when it comes to life, and then you do it. Mm -hmm. You come to him. Right. And that's, I think, the key, is if we can remarry the scripture mm -hmm. as an invitation to experience, then I think we'll be okay. And that experience, of course, is, is with Jesus. Well, I guess my mind goes back to Abraham mm -hmm. because uh, Abraham, you know, before Abraham, God was there obviously, but he, we don't have any record of him communicating with anybody else up until Abraham. I mean, we got the stories that Moses shares before mm -hmm. Abraham, but mm -hmm. you come to Abraham and now here you have the first stories of of uh, God engaging with somebody. You mean in a dialogue type way? Yeah, in a okay. dialogue type okay. way, and 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 basically coming to Abraham and saying, "I'm going to give you, you know, a, you're going to be the the father of nations," mm -hmm. and that Abraham believed, and that by faith he was counted righteous, mm -hmm. and so that was the initial covenant. It was a relationship. There, there, you know, off the top of my head at the moment, I'm not able to think of um, anything specific that God laid down all these rules and regulations or so forth, or, you know, laws that, that he told Abraham he had to, you know, follow. Otherwise, he wasn't going to be able to right. receive this, but it was by faith. And so I guess I've always looked at Jesus simply returning to the original covenant. You know, we call it a new covenant, mm -hmm. but to me, it was the original covenant mm -hmm. that we are learning to walk by faith and that when we, I love what you were sharing the other day, where Jesus says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commandments." Mm -hmm. Most of us look at that and we see it as a commandment, right? Instead of as an assurance, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that we just step into understanding that all I got to do is is build a relationship with Him, and as I do so, mm -hmm. I'm going to learn to love Him, and it's just going to be a natural thing that I will come to love Him more and more. And as you know, any of us have experienced with it. When you love somebody, you're you're excited about just you know. You know, I, I joke with my wife and I say, her every whim is my command. Mm -hmm. You know, that, you know, I wish that were really the case. I wish I could really be that way. Uh, but, but you know, I, I do. When she asks me to do something, I usually will just step up and do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's because I love her. And so when we read the word and we see, because it says that, uh, you know, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth mm -hmm. of God that we have the written word, we also have the rhema, mm -hmm. and that whichever one we receive, that because we love him, it's like, it's not a chore. Yeah. It's something we love to do. Sure, sure. Paul, Paul speaks about being constrained <clears throat> by love. 
uh, you know, love is shown as a motivation for everything that goes on. Yeah. Uh, back to the Abraham illustration, you made me think of one thing. I, I, I've always loved that section of Romans, I think it's five or six, maybe, maybe four, I'm not sure. But uh, it says that Abraham looked at himself, gazed at himself, he considered his own body. And uh, if, you, if you dig into the Greek a little bit there, it, it doesn't mean a quick glance. It means he, he took into account that he was 100 years old or however old, and they mm -hmm. were beyond childbearing mm -hmm. age and everything. But he considered him faithful who had promised. Yes. So again, yeah, there you go. read that yeah. scripture, not as a doctrinal statement, but as a, a relational revelation. Mm -hmm. So Abraham confronted so with his own inability. Mm -hmm. yeah. The answer to that wasn't to lean on a doctrine what he could do. or even the promise itself. Mm -hmm. It was to lean on the faithfulness of the mm -hmm. one who made the promise. Right. That's and so that's good. what I think we find when we, when we go through the scripture looking for life, and then we come to Jesus, mm -hmm. we find the one able to give life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, uh, now Ian Clayton, I think is the one who I first heard this from, but I, I just have adopted it because it makes, for me, it makes great sense. But engaging with the law of faith for me mm -hmm. means I'm simply doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm considering that I'm not capable of these things, but he is. He is yeah. and, I, and he is faithful. He is 100% mm -hmm. always mm -hmm. faithful. And because of that, I can rely on the outcome of certain things. Mm -hmm. so. Even in your conversation right there, faith <laughs> is, is, a, is a principle kind of, or an act, mm. but faithfulness is a character trait. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And once we start looking at the faithfulness of God, we're looking mm. at his heart, at the yeah. character trait, yeah. not just as a, as a one-off act. Mm -hmm. And it's 100%. That's, that's the beauty of it. So he is. There's no little tweak of, uh, mm -hmm. well, well, maybe it won't work. Mm -hmm. No, with him, if he has said he's going to do it, yeah. it will get done. Mm -hmm. So anyway, good stuff, good stuff. So um, uh, what about Holy Spirit and the age to come? You got any thoughts on that in, in the revelation of Holy Spirit and as to where we've had and where it might be going? Any thoughts? Trace? Yeah. Um, I think Holy Spirit's part... You know, there's a scripture that talks about, in, in the Passion Translation, it talks about where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. Mm -hmm. And we always equate the Holy Spirit as the dove, and he's easily offended, and, you know, he's not like God the Father and Jesus. Jesus will go in, get a whip, turn over tables, you know, Father God to take on, you know, Pharaoh or whoever and and you know and bring down nations and raise them up and stuff like that but but Holy Spirit is always seen as this little I don't know feminine and he is some some you know he is in the feminine sometimes in in scripture but but like he's not he's not Lord he is not in control we don't give him the respect that 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 he needs and I think it's so interesting that Jesus himself said it is better and more expedient if I go to the Father and the Comforter or the Holy Spirit comes in my stead. Mm -hmm. So that's Jesus himself saying that it's better. You know, and I think as, as like what Pastor Larry is bringing out about the whole relational dynamic, we are one with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agency of regeneration when you're born again. He, he, he causes a person to be born again, to become a new creation. 
Old things are passed away. All things are made new. So, so a, a new being, if you will, of, of, of our human spirits and Holy Spirit being joined. You can't tell where one begins and one ends. So, so we have this whole new creation. So it's going to be so paramount to have relationship with him. Mm-hmm. To to sup with him, to dine with him, to to find out what he's all about, and to experience the oneness. And the Holy Spirit is the door and the way to to all of the experiences, the gifts, revelation. You cannot understand what Pastor Terry was saying about the Word. You can't understand the depth of the Word of God apart from what Holy Spirit reveals. So I just think uh, uh, he's going to come so much more in revelation of the word. And as we yield to his lordship and give him the highest place, that that's where all of the freedom is going to come. Okay, can I throw a monkey wrench in? Yeah, sure. Throw it in. Um, or a can of worms, however you want to look at it. And uh, let you guys discuss it. on? It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to spill all over. <laughs> but... Um, I'm sure you've heard some talk about Holy Spirit being a mother or a female. Mm-hmm. Sure. And you brought that out a little bit. But, yeah. But um, would that be potentially part of the revelation that we get as we're moving on that we find out that um, – that? and now for me, I'll just I'll just admit, I, I really believe that Holy Spirit is uh, the mother. You have a mother, father, says on, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, when we look at it, it's been the, the father, father, son, and strange uncle. Or the father, son, and a dove. It's like, where's the family unit here? Mm-hmm. So, and it, because of the patriarchal system, it's been really hard for a lot of people to even consider that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. might be a more feminine side of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, just w- what are your thoughts on it? I, you know, I, I know where I stand, and, and again, I'm not pushing it on anybody. It's it's totally up to wherever people are at in terms of what benefits them. I know when Adina and I finally came to that uh, realization and began to walk in it, we both went up in our level of uh, uh, healing just by engaging with Holy Spirit as mother. Uh, I, I won't get into all the details, but it was phenomenal for me to engage with her as mother and to see that family unit and to know that I've got a mother and a father, mm-hmm. you know, a father and a mother in heaven, and that a you know their son was here as me, you know, as mm-hmm. a human being. Anyway, just what are your thoughts? Well, uh... <laughs> and honestly, if you Good don't want to, if you if you don't want to go there, because you might not want to expel uh, no, expose some things. Well, that... <laughs> no, there's a process going on in, in my revelation, and I got to give a, a a hat tip to uh, William Paul Young in the mm-hmm. shack. Mm-hmm. His portrayal of the oh, Holy yeah. Spirit yeah. Sarai was something that that began to open the door for me and then i mm-hmm. I, I usually what what'll usually happen is I'll, I'll get a thought like that and then i'll dig in as best as i can in the language and try to see and sure enough uh there's a, a lot especially in the old testament uh the, the concept of wind and and ruach and the dove that was sent out mm-hmm. those are all feminine words yeah uh yeah. when jesus was speaking in the new testament he spoke in in uh, neuter terms mm-hmm. in greek and so neuter term leaves that that open, you know. Uh, Can I say were... something on that though, yeah, real quick? Yeah. Because I mean, and again, we don't know a hundred percent, but there's a lot of scholars out there that say most of the New Testament was written in Hebrew before it was written in, in English, because they spoke Hebrew. 
So, or so, Greek, yes. Yeah. Um, so that there, there is a transition that we can see from Hebrew that it's feminine, and then in Greek it gets translated in this neuter. Mm -hmm. But then you get to the uh, um, Latin, mm -hmm. and it's all of a sudden masculine. Right. So, and, and and so you know that's that's a big question on interpretation and how you mm -hmm. go. But even even if you just think in terms of neuter, neuter leaves you with the choice of translating something as it. Right, and it is not a, um, not not, not the person. Poster. So yeah. I uh, I'm, I lean towards I think towards I I image in my mind I relate to the Holy Spirit in feminine terms. I, I haven't got to the place where uh, I think in terms of mother, mm -hmm. um, and I, I just haven't. I thought, yeah. I, I, yeah, this is probably one of the few times I've even thought about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm I'm much more inclined to be open to the relational aspects that are characterized by, by uh, feminine terms. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, if I can back up just to a one sure. comment based mm -hmm. on, on yeah. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the titles of the Holy Spirit, which doesn't get talked about a lot, made me think back to the whole idea of Abraham and mm -hmm. what kind of revelation might be coming. Jesus said, wait until the promise of the Father is coming. So if, in fact, what we talked about, about that relationship of faith with Abraham and the faithfulness of God, why would we not expect that a greater revelation of the Holy Spirit was going to reveal the faithfulness of the entire Godhead, mm -hmm. the faithfulness particularly yeah. of the yeah. Father, the faithfulness of the Son? Yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus said, my words are spirit and, and, and life. And so, I, I, again, I think relationship is the key. And I don't personally feel like... Um, I feel like there's ample biblical support if you take both Old and New Testament to think relationally of the Holy Spirit in feminine terms. Yeah. Mm. Hey there. Thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We are taking a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups are using this course to shift their thinking into the next age paradigm. Yeshua spoke of power, authority, love, and oneness that we have yet to walk in. So if you're ready to deconstruct limiting beliefs in order to step into what Father is doing now, this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Courses tab. Now, back to the show. Well, and one thing I'd love to, let's just do a little plug real quick, because you've got a Bible study that you do mm -hmm. on what night? Uh, it's on Tuesday night, 6.30 Mountain Time. Okay, uh, and then how do, do you, can this be a spot to? It can, sure, if you, okay. if you want. Uh, it's a real simple, uh, basically it's a discussion group. Uh, sometimes it follows the things we're teaching at Joyland. Um, when, when we first made the transition from the way we were doing church before, about a couple of years ago, down here to Colorado Springs, one of the first things that I felt like the Lord led us to do was examine a number of things that our thinking needs to change about if we yeah. are to see God in a different light, receive love in a different light, ex 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 understand, interpret scripture in a way that's broader rather than narrower and more open rather than fearful. And so this Tuesday night group is one that we, we just discuss these things and it's a lot of fun. It's from 630 to 8. Uh, and we do it on Zoom. Uh, obviously, if you're in Colorado Springs, you could join us here at the at the building. But we do it on Zoom, and every week we use the same Zoom number, which is three three seven 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 three 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 seven seven. And uh, I'll so say, give that one more time. All right, one more yeah. time, like a good radio. Ad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the Zoom number is three three 
777-333-77. And that was my clever attempt at identifying a number that incorporated both the Trinity and the idea of, of uh, the perfection of God. And, and Trinity and infinity. There you I go. guess it's not infinity. Wow. Yeah, completion. It, it completes, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, uh, it's just a free-flowing discussion. You're more than welcome to, to pop in. Um, you're welcome to lurk if you want. We'll see that you've joined, but we won't know who you are. And, and quite honestly, that's okay. Because I understand that people are, are looking for places that are safe and that are stimulating and that are uh, okay to explore these questions, you know. So I'm yeah. sitting here at the table, getting put on the spot of, uh, so is the Holy Spirit feminine? Is it mother? Is it, this, these are okay questions. They're okay. <laughs> We're, we're a long way from being where we're asking questions that are inappropriate. There's hardly any that are, as a matter of fact. And that's, that's the thing, that, that Joyland, Kingdom Equipping Center, you know, we are a safe place for yeah. people to come. Even, even if you haven't received Christ yet, or even if you don't ever receive Christ while you're here. Yeah. You're, we welcome people who are loving and want, and want to come in and just be loved on. Mm -hmm. And we just want to be known as a place that's safe. Yeah, that you can come with your questions because mm -hmm. there's a there's a lot of people out there that won't set foot in a building full of Christians right. because they are going to they think they're going to be judged. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we are two different groups, Joyland and Kingdom Equipping Center, that uh, you could feel pretty safe coming in that you're you're not going to be judged. You can, and I would encourage you to, you know, it's going to take some courage on your part too. Yeah. Uh, I, there's reasons for feeling like you might be judged if you have a question. There are. And I apologize as a pastor that that uh, at times in my ministry years ago, uh, I was probably guilty of the same thing. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> but come on, this is important stuff. It is. I mean, this is the God of the universe that loves you and, and he's waiting and, and doing everything possible to get you to find that out. So take a step out. And like I say, we create a, a fairly easy environment. You could always just log out <laughs> right if, if it's not comfortable leave but uh but yeah, yeah your questions your questions are welcome for sure i, I do want to uh, say one more thing about that maybe if you need something to get you over the hump about trying to find a place uh where you can ask those questions a friend that uh, that i absolutely respect guy named c baxter Kruger, theologian and just a wonderful teacher he characterizes the gospel this way and i just want to let, let you mull over this the gospel is not the good news that you can accept Jesus into your life. The gospel is the good news that Jesus has already accepted you yes. into his. And that's what we at this room are trying to convince you is worth taking a risk to yeah. explore. Yeah. Jesus has already, mm -hmm. and I say that knowing that anybody could be watching this and listening to it. Jesus has already accepted. That's a work he did way back through the incarnation, through his even victory the foundation of the world. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah if you want to go all the yeah. way back there. So yeah. God has accepted you into his life, and we beg you to take, take a look. look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so good. Um, so where do we go from here? What other questions do you guys have right now? Well, I I had a question. Pastor Larry, what what is <clears throat> what is the importance of different perspectives? Because people come and they say, well, I have a different perspective mm -hmm. and you may not agree with my perspective, but doesn't the word of God say that we, we all see through a glass darkly, mm -hmm. you know, you may see something. Can you, can you like address sure. that? Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the scripture does say that we, we see through a glass darkly. One of my favorite questions to ask my friends, uh, pastoral friends and other, other people mm -hmm. is you, uh, you do acknowledge, right? That the scripture says that we know in part. 
Very okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's and, and interestingly enough, that is a passage of scripture at the end of First Corinthians thirteen, which is the love chapter, defining exactly you know who God is and yeah. how we're supposed to uh, receive Him and relate to one another. So since Paul assures us that we know in part, yeah. how do you feel about the part you don't know? Ooh. How do you process it? Yeah. Do you think that it that the part you don't know isn't important? That's kind of arrogant. You know. Mm -hmm. Do you think the part you don't know isn't isn't knowable? I, I know some people that think that, and they, they mm. just cast it off into the area of mystery. Uh, I think this, I think this is a healthy way to do it, and there may be others. I think that the part I don't know makes room for the part that other people do that I don't. Mm. The part that I don't know opens up a space in my heart for that different point of view. Now, is every different point of view accurate and true? Probably not. Right. Because, you know, yeah. One part, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so there's. It's it's not that you have to just accept hook, line, and sinker everything that anybody would ever say to you, uh, or any interpretation or whatever. But I believe that we have been so afraid of being wrong when we look at a passage of scripture that we have a tendency to yeah. narrow it down to the tiniest definition of what that could mean, and then check it off our list and say, okay, been there, done that, got that. Now, don't yeah. don't threaten me with another thought about that. And that's why there's well, so much resistance right. to those other things. Well, and then that, that part that we, we narrow it down to often is what we've been told or taught. Yeah. It's it, yeah. because we don't want to be out of the box that's or right. deceived yeah. or anything else. So we yeah. figure out a way to manipulate our own thought process to agree with what we've been told or taught. Sure, sure. And again, it's a, it's a non-relational way of relating to the scripture and of revelation. If you don't think that, that you have access to the revelation by the Holy Spirit, the author mm -hmm. of the scriptures, by the Father, by Jesus speaking to you, then you're going to take your best interpretation and you're going to pick that best interpretation 99 times out of 100 mm -hmm. up from somebody else that, that looks like they've got it together, you know, looks yeah. like they're trusted. Yeah. And, and you're going to lock in on that thing. But the reality is an infinite God is speaking to us through the scripture into a finite world of which we only perceive and live in a tiny part of it. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be more to that. Yeah. You know, we've got some stars back here behind us. Imagine mm -hmm. every one of those stars you see on the screen right now is a, a reference point about God that is true. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if I could use my finger and draw this little circle, oops, going the wrong way, draw this little circle right okay. here. That's my whole <laughs> realm of perception. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, I can't know all those other things that are true about God, but they'll have an effect on me. Mm -hmm. right. and, and, and the way that I get exposed to those things is through other, other people, people. Yeah. who know the yeah. part I don't know. Right. Good you point. know, I like what Brian Orm uh, brought at one point. He talked about um, talking with somebody that kind of thought they knew it all and, mm -hmm. and so forth. But So he brings out a white sheet of paper and a pen, and he says... Uh, how much, if this were everything, all the knowledge that there is in the entire universe that God himself knows, how much of it do you think you know? And the guy was, you know, honest enough to say, okay, well, if anything, maybe a pin, you know, just take the pin and make a little mm -hmm. dot and that's mm -hmm. it. He says, okay, okay, so if that's the portion that you know, do you think that the part out there that you don't know might bring some new revelation mm -hmm. to your understanding of all things right sure. now? Sure, sure. So we, we that... When we get on our high horse and think mm. that we're right in a specific area, you may be, but at the same time, I know that I spent years in a denomination that I, I was convinced had all the truth and that everybody was eventually going to come to us. And when I found out that I was wrong, 
that that disillusionment was probably a good thing. It was mm -hmm. a good thing because right. it, it it took out you know that that uh, rug that carpet that was named um, arrogance and pride mm -hmm. that I wanted to stand on because it gave me a confidence and a false confidence that I knew everything. Mm -hmm. And it put me into a place where, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And it took me another decade or, or, or so to get to the place where I can, I can trust God. To get to the place where I can mm -hmm. realize the one thing I can trust is God. Yeah. And to let that be, let Him be and bring the revelation to me. Rather than me thinking that I got it all together and that I'm going to tell you and, right. you and everybody else that this is the answer. Okay, so you guys keep talking. I, well, maybe I can get to it quick here. I, this isn't rehearsed, but what you just said in this whole idea of different point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, in John 17, um, this is reading out of uh, the Kingdom New Testament uh, by N.T. Wright. Let's see here. Uh, Father, the moment has come. This is in John 17. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. Do this in the same way that you did when you gave him authority over all flesh so that he could give the life of God's coming age to everyone you gave him. And by the life of God's coming age, I mean this, that they should know you, the only true God, and Jesus, the Messiah, the one you sent. Now, the mm. point I, that came to my mind about that scripture, and I think N.T. Wright does a good job there, the, the life of, the, of God's coming age, that they should know you. Our task has never been to know everything. Oh. Mm. Yeah. It's not even to know a thing. It is to know a person. Mm. Wow. Is it a John 5, uh, 13, I would say? But anyway, to, to know you, to know him is eternal life. Mm -hmm. To know him is eternal life. Yeah. Not to not to know about him. Yeah. Not to think you know a lot about him and can tell everybody, but to know him. And I'm not saying that, that knowing something about something isn't handy. No. Mm -hmm. Because God, uh, you know, like there were times <clears throat> when the prophets, he'd say, look to the stars. Or Abraham, we've been talking about yeah. Abraham. Look to the stars. You're going to have children like that. So knowing things about things is not a bad thing, but right. it's never the end. Right. Yeah. And in the religious aspect of that, the, the, the church Judaic aspect of that, that, that Jesus criticized him for, was that you look at the Torah and you think that in it you'll find life, but you don't come to me. It testifies of me. So whether it's this or whether it's science or mm -hmm. whether it's a take on uh, spirituality or mysticism or church history or doctrine or theology, the thing itself doesn't produce the life it is always only fulfilled when we come to know the father mm. and the son he sent so that brings me to a question then we got about 15 minutes um as we move into what we're believing is a kind of a next age of christianity mm -hmm. um you know the pa in the past we've been taught that when we meet somebody and if they want to receive jesus christ as their lord and savior that there's a prayer that we have to take them through mm -hmm. Um, I'm to a place where I don't necessarily, uh, we've used that so much as if it's, a, you know, the, the magic words uh -huh. that, that save you. Uh -huh. I'm to a place where I really have no desire to take anybody through that prayer. Mm -hmm. My desire, if someone is interested in what they see in me, that I would just take them on a, a journey to meet Jesus. Mm -hmm. Just to, just because it, it's Christians, for the most part, mm -hmm. that carry the baggage that don't allow them to step in to see Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, there may be some really solid, logical, analytical people that can't see anything in the Spirit, and mm -hmm. they may have a problem with that. But to me, if they're already coming to a place where, okay, I, I do want that. You know, if they're coming mm -hmm. to that place where they see something in me or you, and they want it, 
then I'm thinking they're probably a little more open mm -hmm. to just taking them to encounter Yeshua. And let, and then kind of step back and say, now you go ask him all the questions and ask him what he thinks of you. Mm -hmm. Because just out of that, Yeshua is going to be so kind and gentle mm -hmm. in, in sharing with them how much he loves them, number one. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, later when you're ready, maybe ask, is there anything that you would, you know, that I, that I need to work on? We don't have to earn his love in any mm -hmm. way, shape, or right. form. But Yeshua, you know, might say, you know, if you stop doing that, you know, your life will be a whole lot better over here. But, you know, and it's never a condemnation or a judgmental thing. It's simply him pointing things out to us that are going to help us step into that abundant life. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll just start out with that. Um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a fundamental shift that's taking place. Getting back to the original intent... I mean, you've, you've been taught, I've been taught, well, you got to take somebody down the Roman road, take them down through Romans, uh, start by reading John, the Gospel of John, and, and doing all these forms and shapes. <laughs> but as, as a minister or whatever pastor, under shepherd, whatever you want to call us, I think our primary responsibility, and believers in general to people that do not believe, is we, we are supposed to give an introduction you know, and, and it, let me introduce you to my friend. Here's my friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here, here's he, and he's so wonderful, and he's so this, and he's so awesome, and you know, let me introduce you to him. But I cannot have the relationship for that person. You know, Word of God says that if a man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth the Lord Jesus, then he will be saved. Right, but that's on the individual in their relationship with the Lord. And it, we always think, we, we have this mindset in, in these, this, this thinking thinking that somehow it's, it's, it's this process or it's, it's this form or it's a ritual or it's not. It's it, what we've been saying all around this table. It's all about relationship. Yeah. I introduce yeah. you to the God of the universe and then what you do with that is totally up to you as the individual. My hope is that you will come to know him and love him and you have a relationship with him. But that's where my responsibility begins and ends as, as a minister. But as an under shepherd, I will, I will just like a, a shepherd does with sheep, I can help you and answer questions and give you advice and show you in the word. But at the end of the day, that won't have any fruit or anything unless you develop that relationship. I can't do it in proxy. And I think for so long, that has kept people at a distance because I'm living the life for you, you living it through the minister or the pastor or whatever, yeah. but it's all about a wonderful personal relationship that you develop. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think our, our responsibility as pastors and is not to tell them how to relate, have a relationship, but simply Absolutely. keep pointing them back 
to Yeshua in a, in a proper way. But Paul, and you brought this up when you were speaking this last Friday, you know, Paul said, um, you know, follow me as mm -hmm. I followed Yeshua. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we have, ha we've got experience in walking mm -hmm. with Yeshua. So, yeah, sure, we can share some experiences, but I think where damage has been done is when a pastor or a leader has begun to tell people, you know, way beyond the scope of having a relationship. Uh, I know pastors that uh, have, you know, said specifically to their people not to come to our stuff, you know, that Adina and I were doing, because mm -hmm. we had built some relationships with some people, and uh, and I know that they specifically were told not to come to our stuff anymore because, you know, and, and because that person carried so much authority, pastoral authority, mm -hmm. that they, they they felt they had to just come into alignment with mm -hmm. that, uh, regardless of, uh, uh, you know, what, you know, might be the underlying, you know, motivation for that um so yeah absolutely you know being leaders and but helping people develop that intimacy is is key so yeah introducing them to yeshua and um let it go but be there mm -hmm. for them absolutely when they have questions <clears throat> you know jesus uh spoke parable something to the effect of if uh what son that asks for a fish is his father going to give him a, a snake mm -hmm. uh, or mm -hmm. if he asks for bread he's going to give him it really does in my opinion it goes back to how we think about who god is how we go. think about about how god thinks about us mm -hmm. um if we if we have an image that that god is fundamentally offended at us he, he is righteous and holy in a disconnected way from relationship and that he's just looking for us to somehow appropriate the substitutionary thing that Jesus did so we can be right, it becomes, in my opinion, and I've taught it this way a lot, it becomes a, trans, a transaction. Yeah. And mm, so it's yeah. like you've got, wow. of all the transactions you need to do to, to live righteously and please God, you've got this big one on top here that is you've got you to say the prayer or you've got to yeah. you know, confess this or that or the other. Uh, again, it goes back to also the fear of, of letting the Scripture sit there and, and birth life. So for instance, in First John, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, uh, I know when I was first forming my doctrine of, of evangelism, this was many years ago, 40 years ago, actually. And uh, th then that prayer was the mechanism of confession of sin. <clears throat> but the thing I never really understood, and I was at least honest enough, no, I didn't understand it. Nobody ever spoke about it. I was I was Southern Baptist uh, first and then I was in Assemblies of God. But it but the same promise is that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Absolutely. So yeah. then why do I have an expectation that this person that I'm going to be pastoring is going to get in trouble again mm -hmm. with unrighteousness. And so it's just it's the way we interpret the scripture, but yeah. the way we interpret scripture is because of the assumptions we make about God. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. so if it's not a transaction if what it is is an awakening to to a, a work that God has already done independent of us. Ooh, God like was in awakening. Christ reconciling mm -hmm. the cosmos to himself, yeah. not yeah. counting their trespasses against him. Right. So if God's not counting a person that I encounter as trespasses against him, why do I want them encountering or counting it? Or in the New Covenant, and I'm pretty passionate about this New mm. Covenant thing. Go on. You get down to the end of the New Covenant where it's articulated from Jeremiah there in... Um, in Hebrews chapter 8, it says that I will have mercy on their transgressions or your iniquities and your sins I will no way remember anymore. Right. Well, if God in the covenant by which he is relating to us through the blood 
of Christ, doesn't think about our sins, why is that, Why? what causes us to think that's the key for us to get in relationship? Right. It's not. It's a key for us. It, 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 okay, if I can be super blunt. If I'm a, uh, if, if I'm a professional Christian, which I'm a pastor, okay? So I'm a professional Christian. If I'm a professional Christian, I want to see something in somebody that gives me assurance that they heard what I said and they're now a part of this yeah. thing I believe in. And we really have to let go of that because that has a grip on on Christianity because we do not trust the Father mm. to do the work that he's already done. We don't yeah. trust the completeness yeah. of what Jesus did and we don't trust the Holy Spirit. Sorry. I, no, that is so good because, I mean, if Christ is already taking care of all the sin and, and you just, you know, the verses you just shared, then our job is to actually share the gospel. The good news that this has happened. <laughs> the good news in the gospel that right. Yeshua loves you. Father yeah. loves you. And it doesn't mean that there's not a role for us to play. Right. And, 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 and so to also be honest, trying to be candid, there's been a lot of people that mm -hmm. have come into relationship with God through saying the sinner's prayer. Yeah. They oh, have, yeah, 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 but it's not yeah, because yeah. of the power of the sinner's prayer. Mm -hmm. It's because right. of the pursuit of the Father. Exactly. And, and that little exactly. thing where you you listed off your sins and then you go, Lord, and all of a sudden God jumps on it. Mm -hmm. He jumps on <laughs> yeah. the fact that your heart's open to him. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, let me let me just go off of that just real quick. So so basically, what if I hear what you're saying is right? Stop focusing on the sin mm -hmm. because the sin issue has been dealt with through the yes. blood of Christ. Okay. Yeah. So that he remembers it no more. Past, present, and future. Boom. Gone. So basically what our job is, is then to convince people of their righteousness. Mm -hmm. That they're in. Righteousness basically means right standing mm -hmm. with God. We, we are just right there. Mm -hmm. Good as gold. And mm -hmm. the revelation of the fact that Jesus did that for us. He, he is that for us. Absolutely. He, he, yeah. he made him who yeah. knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Yes. Recognize it. Wake up to it. Acknowledge it. At least consider it. I mean, whoever thought that, that a, a powerful evangelistic statement would be, consider the things that I have shared with you. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. because the Holy Spirit's on the other side. What I try to do in evangelism, since mm -hmm. I don't have the sinner's prayer yeah, thing right. to, to, to place my security in, I try to make sure that I tell the story of Jesus as it relates to that person's life, to them mm -hmm. in a way that the Holy Spirit from inside them can say, Amen. Right. Abba Father. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that, that, that for me, <clears throat> this sounds so trivial in some ways, but I just want to share with people that are really struggling. I, mm -hmm. you know, I just want to say to them, you know, you're okay. Yeah. It's, it, you're good. Don't have to worry about anything. You really don't. The truth is we don't have anything to worry about. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the little cares of the day, let alone your eternal salvation mm -hmm. or dying, mm -hmm. that you really have nothing to worry about if you can just come awake to the fact that the Father loves you and He's got everything taken care of for you. Mm, yeah, I would probably add too that just in my in my talking with people, if you if you are fixated on something that you you sin or something you've disappointed yourself on, just take a different thought about it. It's not that it's not that it's okay to to be a thief or to lie or to abuse people it's, or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Just know that you're made for more than that. Mm -hmm. you're, you're better than that because you're loved by the Father. You're not an orphan. You're not out there on your own. You don't have to just scratch and claw to survive. 
God loves you. And he demonstrated that love in Christ completely. Christ rose to, to seal that deal. And, yeah. and that reconciliation is your thing. And so the other statement at the end of that passage in 2 Corinthians 5 is powerful because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Therefore, we've received a ministry of reconciliation. And, and we beg you, I'm not doing a great job quoting it, but we beg you as ambassadors to God, be reconciled. So you do yeah. have a role. You yeah. do have a role. I have a role. Yeah. That mm -hmm. person where, and we, we try to get them to fulfill that role by looking at their sin mm -hmm. and confessing it. What we need to get them to do, I think, is to fulfill that role by looking at the Father and taking the courageous step to say, I'm willing to believe that you love me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That could change a person's life. Absolutely. Because the Absolutely. love is coming at them, mm -hmm. whether they believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you heard us talk about the love cycle on Sunday, but yeah, that's the love bit. cycle. That first you, you, you sit in that place mm. just to receive the love of God. Because when you receive it enough, when you... You know, when what's happening a lot of the times is we may be getting a good word from the Lord, you know, and he's 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 loving on us and we're going, Oh yeah, no, no, oh that's definitely not mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And but that's that's not the truth. When we're saying that's, that's definitely right. not me, that's right. the truth is receiving it and saying, Wow, yeah, thank you, God. Yeah. I didn't realize that about myself. And just to fully receive it and and to receive it in such depth that mm -hmm. then you're able to look at yourself and go that's awesome. Right. Okay. And, and so, not be arrogant, but just say, that's awesome. So, you know, you guys have asked me a couple of questions. Why am I passionate about encouraging people to not throw the scripture away when they find this experiential revelation? It's because it's in there. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is in there. Yeah. Paul in Galatians says, the life Absolutely. I now live, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's already faithful to me. And like you you brought up one of my favorite passages there in First John 4. We, we have the ability to love at all mm. because he first loved us. Right. So yeah. receive yeah. that love and then look inside and go, you know what? Even though I'm ashamed of my sin or something, I do have the ability to say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to believe you love me and love you back. Mm. He gives us that ability. Yeah. Yeah. We deny people that resource mm. when we reduce this to a transactional formula. Yeah. We have to stop yeah. doing it. Right. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and end this portion of our show. I just want to thank each and every one of you for watching. We love every one of you and pray that this is getting through. Share this, like it, get it out there to people. Because especially this last half of the show, we've been talking about the love. And I think mm -hmm. that is so powerful. People really, really need to hear this. So get it out there, share it with people. And uh, to our members, uh, we're going to go ahead and carry on to another section. We're going to do a little bit more, another mm -hmm. few minutes and, and share some, uh, I got some ideas of where we can go okay. with this. Um, so anyway, thank you to the members. Thank the members, you. Thank you. Uh, we're actually going to start to looking at them and calling them as partners, right? Yes, sir. You guys yeah, are right. partnering with us to get this message out, and we just appreciate each and every one of you. If you'd like to become a member, go to KingdomTalksMedia.com. There's a member section there. We may change that to partnership soon, mm -hmm. but uh, go ahead and uh, click on that. And um, those are those that are, that are helping us financially to uh, get this message out. Thank you. And bless you. Bless Take you. care. Amen. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, 
including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.